This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 407, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Difficult preaching is posthumous pleasure. Pleasure in preaching starts in the heart. Something that stimulates the music in a measure. Measure in the music, racing three parts. Casually see, but don't do like the soul. Cause seeing and doing are actions for monkeys. Hello, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 407. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and joining me this week are Josh Flanagan. What's up? And our special guest host, Mike Romo. I'm supposed to say howdy, so I'll say howdy. <laughs> howdy. It's just a suggestion. The script is just <laughs> is, is not to be taken literally. No, I'm, I'm getting a huge uh, uh, deja vu here because I'm in the car studio again. I'm in the Subaru Studios of New Hampshire, and uh, I'm talking to Mike again. <laughs> the last time I did the car studio was when we had just gotten back from Superman, and Mike and I were feverishly trying to justify that we enjoyed it. <laughs> Let's not. That hurts. That hurts. I, yeah. And immediately I, afterwards. So I much thought, therapy. Oh. We are a fanboy. We like comics. And every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best book they read. We call that the pick of the week. We talk about it on the podcast, along with other books of the week, other topics of interest, and a lot of goofy stuff that happens in Josh's car. When we can't feverishly, feverishly defending it. <laughs> Before we get to the show, quick warning. It's a review show. There'll be spoilers on the books of the week. So if you have read the books, pause the show and come back. And you never know, we might talk spoilers for Man of Steel. Just, we've been going down that road. Bullets of sweat. Bullets. <laughs> this week, Josh had to pick. Yeah. You know, I think I liked this a lot. And the, the reason I say that is because I started reading it and I didn't like it at all. Uh, I'm talking about three, number one. These are, this is confusing words. Uh, by Karen Gillan, Ryan Kelly, uh, colors by Jordi Belair, and letters by uh, Clayton Cowles. I, uh, this is a story basically of, uh, of Spartans. And this is a, I think you could say this is a pretty, pretty specific uh, commentary in relation to um, the, the book 300. By did Frank you read Miller the back matter? matter? Yeah, I did. I did. And that actually was the thing that, that pushed me over the edge. Um, basically, the idea is that Karen Gillan uh, considered himself sort of an armchair scholar on the on the subject of the Spartans, um, and he'd enjoyed 300 uh, as did I as a as a sort of uh, a a fun thing, but it's not a bombastic very, action piece. It's not really, yeah, it's not but, like but not very anything, yeah. historically accurate. And you know, if you know things, you don't necessarily want to be the person who uh, and I call this haupting, uh will say. <laughs> Well, actually, the <laughs> that's a that's a little inside joke for those of you uh, who know I fanboy well. Um, but he, he sort of stuck in his craw, and he started thinking about the idea of what the Spartans are, especially in popular culture now, and then um, what it was really like. And and the sort of main fact that this starts with is that one of the things that the Spartan soldiers in uh, ancient Greece would do is they would uh, every once in a while they would go hunt some slaves, uh, which not? is not what else once a year for once a year. Yeah. It's not all that sporting. It's not all that noble. Uh, and I think that he got, he got stuck in his craw that this is interesting. Um, so we start off and we sort of see some of the sl- – he, he did a very good job setting up this story and explaining what was going on in a very short amount of time basically. I, 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 maybe if you know a little bit about Greece, it helps. But I think it was, I think it was pretty well done. Um, uh, basically, there's these three sort of very lower caste slaves. They're, not, they're even worse than slaves apparently. They're sort of – uh, um, they're, they're, they're the owned state. by the state, yeah. yeah. And and then the the Spartans show up in their in their helmets, and the helmets are you know basically the look of these characters is exactly those from Frank Miller's Three Hundred. Like there was no, like the, it's we're looking at the same thing, and they show up in their red cloaks and their big scary helmets, and they they go in a house with these slaves, and they're dicks to them. Uh, and then some some stuff goes down, and uh, then there's there's bloodshed. There's, a, there's quite a lot of bloodshed, and I and I actually at the end of this I thought, so who are we supposed to follow? <laughs> I, I, I actually thought this was the meanest one shot ever. I just thought this was going to be it, like just end it that way. Yeah, it, it, it could have <laughs> really been. Depressing. If this if, if this is by Warren Ellis, that's what it would have been. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what this is. Um, 
but for me, you know, I, I'm, I'm a history guy, and that doesn't necessarily just mean, you know, sort of uh, U.S. American history or whatever. It's, it's very interesting. And I think that the other thing that impressed me as I kept going through this um, is that, and I'll talk about the other creators in a minute, but to me, Kieran Gillen is a guy who, when he first came out with Phonogram, a lot of people really liked it a lot, and I, never, I didn't really quite connect with it. I thought it was a little all over the place with a lot of big ideas. And I think in that time, you know, it's been a long time since then. He's I've written a lot of comics. Like, he's really honed how to do sort of um, mainstream comic books and use that language to be very effective with comics. And I think you've seen the stuff that he's doing keeps getting better and better. And this is him bringing what he's learned sort of in, in working at Marvel and trying to really, really get that process down and bring it back to his own creator stuff. And, uh, you know, there was no supernatural element to this there was just it's just like what was this time like at this point and uh, I just I was I was totally hooked into it and like like I said earlier when I read that back matter when I read his explanation of it like I liked it all the more yeah uh, that helps really, that helps a lot I was actually I don't, I don't usually read that stuff either yeah it was it was well written I like I actually had no idea what was going on I was like is this an alternate reality I, did, I had never heard of the helots I mean it does say Greece I guess I just noticed but like it was so otherworldly from the beginning and it was such the back matter I thought was kind of cool that it didn't really set up any kind of introduction at all so in a way for me it seemed like such a foreign like alternate like, how could this ever happen? But knowing that this is, we think, based on something true, like this is basically coming from a sentence from this one report that there was even this community called the Helots. And uh, it's, I, I would almost, I think I can see why the back matter improved the reading experience. I was, I was actually really impressed with the art. It was nice to see uh, Kelly uh, doing his thing in a, yeah, in a much like, better way, I, I, I liked, thought. I like the story. I didn't, super, I didn't love it. Uh, I did. I did really like the art, though. Ryan Kelly and uh, Jordi Belair on colors. Who is who? I think does all all of the books now. She she does she does all the books. Um, uh, so it's, it's just just say colors because you didn't you can just assume it's Jordi Belair. The colorist, um, the good one. It, it was really interesting. I found it more interesting than engaging. Um, but I am in. It's I can not see a, that. It's not a ongoing or anything like that. It's a miniseries, so I'm going to be in for it because I do find it interesting. And I like you. I, I do like history and do like the time period. And I'd, I do like the idea of sort of a factual counterpoint to 300, which you can love this and love 300. And oh yeah, that's Absolutely. okay. Yeah. You're allowed to hold two different ideas in your head and not. not and I, not I didn't. Reason. I don't. I don't think that he. No, I don't think he was coming across even as like, well, 300 was stupid. And here's no, why. No, he, he, it he wasn't, says he loves 300. It's, it he, wasn't that because uh, it's a hell of an artist, which for a British person is love. Um, yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, we're gonna get in trouble again. Yep. But they won't say anything because they're no. reserved. It'll be, it'll be a slight trouble. Um, it was good. If you like, like we walked like, down the street one time. You just hear behind you, "Oi, what's that <laughs> you saying?" <gasps> Shit, they found us. It will be, it'll be like that time we got lost in London. Um, so anyway, the uh, it was it was interesting. I, I thought it was really. I like that they're. I mean. It becomes sort of a broken record to say images putting out lots of interesting books, but they are. And I like the fact that they're putting out a purely historical, you know, story. There's nothing crazy science fiction about it. There's no superheroes. It's just, you know, it's a historical drama or action and, piece or whatever And I completely it is. understand that, you know, it's a difficult market for books like this. Mm -hmm. even, even so, even with a big name attached to it, like... I've, I've long ago accepted, like, I like books like this, but a lot of people don't, so whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that whatever combination it was between Ryan Kelly and, and Jordi Belair, the, the, the artwork was, this was very tight for, for Kelly. Yeah. Like, it was uh, a little more reined in. A lot of times he's got, like, a bit of a, I don't know, distortion to his figures. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but it, you know, it's not photorealistic. It's just sort of the way he writes. And I thought that this was a, this was a little more... Like he'd sort of stayed on model of everybody really well, and uh, I don't know if he's going for more of a sort of commercial style. Or it was great. It was really very good, and I think that uh, you know, Jordy put really nice colors all over the whole thing, kept it really nice and flat. And then in the flashbacks, like you know, there's the there's the black and white with the blood, and uh, I like living in the modern world. Mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah. I don't like think I would have liked living in this world. Yeah, We've talked it about this sucked a lot. back then. <laughs> Everyone dies, and then they do. Uh, Speaking of lots of blood, yeah. I think we should move on to the uh, afterlife with Archie, which for my uh, 
$299 cents was the biggest surprise because unlike uh, Connor and, and other folks, I, I haven't read an Archie book in like 30 years or whatever. And uh, this is awesome. Who wants, to, who wants to sort of set this one up? It's, it's Frank Avia and Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa. Yeah. And, and Connor, you're saying this guy is a regularly an Archie writer and sort of yeah, he, elevated by he, Frank Avia. He, um, he wrote the Archie Glee crossover that happened earlier this year. He's a he's a comic book writer. He's a TV writer. He writes for Glee itself. Um, and this was drawn by Frank Avia. And if the whole thing comes out of, as many things do, Frank Avia's zombie alternate cover that he did for one of the Archie books. And they said, well, let's do that as a book. And that's where this ended up going. Uh, it's an, it's a new ongoing series uh, drawn by Frank Avia for the you know for the foreseeable future. And this was easily my pick of the week, uh, hands down. I was kind of bummed that I didn't have the week because it would have been our first ever Archie pick. But uh, sorry, it's okay. Um, it's okay. Uh, this, so is this is this is this is Fragavia's ongoing book right now. Yes, that's amazing. Crazy. It's amazing, <laughs> and it's, it's basically it is what it is. There's a um, the story is that Jughead's beloved dog gets hit by a car. He takes it to Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and you, sometimes you forget that there are actually supernatural stuff that happens in the Archie universe. And he takes it to Sabrina the Teenage Witch so she can necromance it back to life. Uh, she's not supposed to. It's against the witch code, but she does it anyway, and. That leads to the zombie outbreak, which starts with Patient Zero, who is Jughead. Um, What's great is uh, how quick it all happens. There's not a lot of like, oh, hemming and hawing about everything. It, this thing moves at an incredible clip. Yes. And it, it, there's a little countdown situation, which is all very, very cool. And 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 I love. I, I feel like Frank Avia is like he's really exposing people to some a very cool way of doing art with these heavy, heavy primary colors, and he's just sticking with it. Yeah, it's like it's like the uh, his other stories from from Detective or yeah, I guess so. But um, it's it's one of those books where you're like, oh, this is this 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 can really work. And uh, revisiting this this universe under these conditions um, was really kind of I, I started remembering who all these characters were and realizing just how much time I used to spend with them. Yeah, and. Uh, I felt really bad for Jughead. Not, <laughs> not a lot of cheeseburgers are going to help this guy through this this real painful time in his life. And I love the sort of the banter between, you know, with the, you know, it's so funny because Archie's always got to deal with these these girls, and this time they're they're trying to out sexy each other for the Halloween dance. And uh, they have a really like openly polyamorous relationship, which is yeah, it's, it's pretty progressive, which you don't it's really think good. about. Uh, uh, is that that that's Veronica and a Vampirella outfit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's hot. Is that okay? No, it's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I did like the. No, I, I mean, I know that you're saying you think it's okay, but I'm, <laughs> in the general sense, is is that is Listen, that okay? I sure. Um, I've been waiting for this. Back off. I do like that that Frankovia <laughs> draws them. Uh, like they're all recognizably their characters, but they're not like. They're not on model. They're not Dan Parent. Right. They're not Dan Parent. You know, Archie just is a dude with red hair, but it never not, doesn't look like Archie. And and Jughead still has the crown, but it's not like a giant. Uh, yeah, it's thing sort of and, a, a jaunty little thing. It's not. This, and it's it's nice. I mean, it's, it's a way of doing the modern in a modern sense. It isn't completely. I mean, it's still reverential to the characters they are. And is there any way to do the crown and make it look at all? No. I mean, I think no. there was there was an there was an attempt a couple of years ago or a year ago or so to to change it to like a, a fedora, but the people oh. revolted um, <laughs> so they don't want to lose their base right yeah you, yeah you right. Can't. so anyway I, I was really impressed by this i think as mike said it, it moved really fast it was sort of very suspenseful like a horror film or a book should be um and you just kept waiting i mean there's also the freddy cougar costume josh so i guess they get away with that as sort of halloween fair use i guess um but what's that's great not is what i meant the- when i asked if that uh, was oh a- i see what you mean it was. I was. I just want to make the. This is not a copyright and licensing question. Oh, I see. <laughs> it was a butt and boobs question. That's definitely okay. What are you? What are you crazy? <laughs> um, I, I I loved this. I loved everything yeah. about it. I mean, I was excited for this book, and and I'm glad it met my expectations. Um, it was very thrilling, and I mean, it's an ongoing. I don't know how you can. I mean, obviously, The Walking Dead proved you can do an ongoing zombie book, but that book's not really a zombie. <laughs> what are you gonna do when all the characters die? Uh, we'll find out, I guess. Because um, I think Mr. Weatherby got got it next, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it happens off camera, but uh, 
if you're you, this is an arch if you're not even an archie fan if you know anything about the characters i would say pick this up and check it out uh just for, yeah, the, it, the, art for the art alone yeah. yeah i like that it's not apparent like it, it's apparent it's not like a it's not fan fiction this is official yeah it's official <laughs> it's an ongoing sort of alternate universe archie story from archie comics and uh i, I love What's the I, I really do love the audacity that archie comics has you know hey. to, to play with their characters I mean, it, it took them five to eight years after the fad started, but God bless them. No, but, I mean, you know, they have a very openly, uh, you know, this is a traditional company that just sort of screams traditionalism, right? I mean, it's uh, it's the 50s aesthetic, it's all that stuff. But underneath that veneer, they do a lot of interesting and progressive things with their storytelling and their characters. And I think that's very um, compe- compelling to me as a reader, um, something to applaud. But I really lo- I really like this a whole lot. Um I love that. I love that sort of makes sense how it started. You know, the witchcraft. You don't want to get involved with witchcraft because it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Juju. It's, and it's great. It takes place during Halloween. And they actually timed this out really nicely, and uh, it sort of shows just how wonderfully flexible comics can be. That they can they can just say, you know what, let's just do it. Let's just have zombies happen and get Frank Avia <laughs> on it. And as Connor was, I, we were talking about earlier, like he he does all the lettering on stuff on the on the cover, which which is just really sort of great. Uh, time. I, yeah, I love time the, the hand, the handwritten, handwritten hand, hand-drawn. Uh, it's all handwritten. Oh, I can't written. Yeah, we're recording hand this early in the morning, hand- and my faculties <laughs> haven't started completely kicking, kicking in yet. Uh, we had another big book come out this week: Superman, Wonder Woman, number one. The I guess you uh, could call it companion God. book to Batman, Superman. It's the uh, Superman, Wonder Woman team up slash romance since they are dating in the New Fifty Two. And uh, what did you guys think? It's written by Charles Soule, drawn by uh, Tony Daniel. He's the, he's the Jordy Belair of comics. Could this, could this be lamer? <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I, I uh, you know, is well, this Wait, really wait, 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 wait. No, here's what I want to know. I, is this really the, what's happening? I, I mean, I, I is this, it, are no, we here, but I w- want this to happen? I have a specific question for you. Are you upset about the general editorial direction of this thing or the way that it was done? Like, like, right, what I'm saying is, when you heard Superman and Wonder Woman are going to be a couple and they're going to do a comic about it, were you already out then? I, I do have a fundamental disagreement with that aspect of it, but at least surprise me and make it fun. Like, make it, make it like when, uh, remember how everybody was so shocked when Bat- Batman and Catwoman got together. Mm-hmm. I want a crater where Wonder Woman and Superman were getting it on. I don't want any of this silly flirty stuff. Like, oh, look how strong I am. Oh, I have powers too. Aren't we so cute? I just, <laughs> I just, I, it, it just, it's, it, it, talk about fan fish, fiction gone terribly awry and yet so terribly boring. I don't know. I, so were I mean, you, you were more upset that it was boring. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to go for it, like, let's, well, what let's did you get expect? I, well, I, I expect a little bit more sauciness. She's an Amazon. He's he's just figuring things out. It would be fun to see what the aftermath of their one or two flings. I, I just felt like this. It wanted to do something, but I, I just felt like it could have gone further. It's um, a cold open. Hmm? I mean, I think that I think the fact that it's a cold open is sort of the you know the sort of biggest failing grace of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, yeah. it's hard for me to say because I don't really – I mean I, I thought it was fine. Like it was, it was interesting to sort of like well, what if these characters or these versions of these characters were placed in this situation? What would it be like? Yeah. And it's weird because it doesn't seem to really fit in with – I'm not entirely sure who this is for. Exactly. Um, I don't mind it. I just – I don't care. It was kind of bland. Um which I mean, I like Charles Soule a lot. I think he's doing some of the best superhero work right now. So I'm willing to uh, give him some rope. Uh, but I did think it was kind of bland. I did like that. I'm getting a Wonder Woman here that I'm not really getting anywhere else, which is sort of this more superheroic Wonder Woman. I, I do, of course, love the Vertigo Wonder Woman we're getting in her book. But you know, I like seeing Superman. So, Wonder so Woman. I'm not reading any of of those books. Mm-hmm. And I guess what what happens for me is this is this a team up book? Or because it seems like it's kind of wants to be a little bit of a romantic book, but then it's got all this sort of actiony team up stuff. Well, of course, and it it's does. like I mean that's that's exactly what it is. But it's, it's like a romantic actiony team up book. But, but it's like it's not <laughs> romantic enough. It just seems like they have one page where they're kind of like, "Ooh, maybe you're gonna go on a date. Oh, have fun, little goddess, la di da di da." And then like 
So what? It, it just seems, it just seems like you have a chip on your shoulder. No, no, no. It's just for me. The problem is for me. Like the whole reason why Superman is great is his connection with Lois and all that stuff. And I know, I guess, all that's going away with the new Fifty Two, but it just, it's. If this is not an interesting dating story for me, I would like it to be one. Um, but I'm not. I guess I'm just not. These characters I don't find compelling from an emotional point of view. I feel like I'm watching their relationship as opposed to really experiencing it, like I do with Black Cat and Spider Man. I feel. I I don't feel their personalities. I feel like there's these hints. Oh, some of us have little secrets. I can't show you what's inside my fortress of solitude. Wink, wink. I just, it just seems very clumsy to me. And maybe that's by design. I feel like you wanted everything right away. And you had like, you like I, I bet I, some of the things you're talking about will be in there. You're I, not going to be around to read it. Cause you're not, <laughs> you're not I whoever this target market is. I, well, and I, I think that's a really good point. I think I would have. I think there was they were trying to balance out the action and the romance, and I would have liked perhaps not as much action. I, I would have wanted to see a little bit more character stuff happening. If they had, because for me no, that's because for me that's why you would want to continue to read this book. That you can is see not Superman what Wonder Woman is right now, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I guess you're I mean, right. If you but, turned it a script and it was all them talking about their feelings, they'd be like. Put Doomsday in there, which is might have been what exactly happened. <laughs> which is probably, which is literally what happened. It's like no, it's just it's, it's, it's Doomsday. Oh, wait, okay. too much talking. Bring Doomsday in. Yeah. Um, I thought the art was pretty good. Um, we need yeah. to talk real. The real problem with the book is the name of their website, which is ClarkCatropolis.com. Oh my God, I, I, I was reading this late last night. I almost texted to Connor. I couldn't believe that that. that, that I thought I was having that weird eye flippy dyslexia. Did a, yeah. Did I just have a stroke? ClarkCatropolis.com <laughs> is supposed to be their big take on the Daily Planet. Oh, it makes me so sad. That's... Well, they're not doing well. <laughs> well I, that was the part that I related to the most. <laughs> they were like, we not can't get by just like posting other people's stuff. And I was like, amen, sister. <laughs> It was okay. It, I just found it kind of bland. I, I, whereas I think Batman Superman is very interesting and innovative and fun yeah. and inter- and interesting. Interesting. It's. I think this was just sort of n- not. But it's not like a comic from the seventies that we, or sixties that was translated to be slightly more modern. But I really and Tony Tony Daniel doesn't do a thing for me. Even the name Power Couple. Give me a. <laughs> so if if Archie hadn't come out and been Rocket Girl number one would be my, my pick of the week from the Image Comics. Amy so Reader. So fun. Brandon uh, Montclair is the writer, Amy Reader is the artist, and this was sort of a very... And it's funny because last week on the show, Josh, we were talking about Old Times Square, and so mm. much of the action here takes place smack in the middle of 1986 Times Square with the showgirls and the triple yeah, shows yeah, yeah. and the uh, seediness of it, which made me laugh because, you know, I'm very myopic. But um, I loved how... It was a very New York book. I just yep. loved how kind of silly it was but it embraced the silliness so the story is basically um this cop from the future comes back to the present to stop this company from inventing time travel and thus sort of taking over the world with their corporate um thumb but the 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 thing that's the goofy hook is that the cop is 15 years old and in the future all the cops are teenagers it's great including the commissioner who had the peach fuzz mustache yeah it's Um, so great I just love that you know, this is the world. The cops are teenagers. Deal with it, and this is how kind of silly it is. And that was that was the good part is that it was you were just flung into it, uh, and and I don't entirely get it, but that's okay, I guess. Mostly, I think it's fun that like you know she goes the, the cop comes back in time to stop the moment of creation of the uh, company, which is too late because that allows her to go back in time, and then. Uh, just decides she's going to be a cop in, in 1986 New York. And the only problem I had from a New Yorker standpoint is that the cops' uniforms are colored wrong. They had really light blue t-shirts back then. But anyway. Um, <laughs> the, I think uh, the, the color was kind of a weak point. Like, the art is fantastic, but I don't think the coloring was great. It made it, like, it looked soft. Looks like she uh, colored it herself, it looks like it. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so. I, I love the concept. I love, I love the art. I love the setup. The, I love the characters are fun. I really like the characters a lot. I like, I like the pacing of this. I thought her per- – it's really easy to have sort of the saucy uh, heroine um, and it sort of hit one note. I just – I felt like the, she was really compelling even though she could have been sort of sort of relegated to the, sort of your typical snotty teenager hero for however that might sound. But it, it I, I much- really liked her. It wasn't much snottiness. It was more br- 
brashness, just yeah, sort of brash. confidence, confidence, which to us feels unearned because she's a kid. Yeah, but, she's a cop. But, but she wasn't incompetent in any way. No, no. Um, I didn't understand. They cut very quickly to her, like, hanging out in the pink-haired scientist's house. And then, then the pink-haired scientist came to rescue her with a bunch of people. And I was like, what is happening here? I, lo- yeah. I kind of lost yeah. the thread of that. I, I can see that. Well, she was hanging out, and then the crime happened, so she went off to solve it. Or- well, she shows up from, like, like, so this woman, this kid, shows up in a rocket suit from out of nowhere uh, in a different out. time period. A bunch of scientists are looking at them. Cut to... She's hanging out uh, with no consequences in the window of the one woman's house. Well, like, I feel like I mean, something normal. would have happened there. That's normal. You don't have time travelers show up in your house and you just say, <laughs> well, yeah. we, st- we, we just turned on a time travel machine. So, clearly. I mean, I guess if they were expecting it, but, uh, yeah. I did like it the, was, uh, the manic uh, energy of it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That was really, I really like the line work of it a lot. Uh, Batman sixty six number fifteen. This was the this this week's digital copy or this digital chapter of Batman sixty six, and uh, this was the notable for a couple of reasons. One, uh, Colleen Coover drew it. Uh, two, it featured the Eartha Kitt version of Catwoman, and three, it featured the first appearance of Batgirl. And uh, it was a this was a one shot story, and I really I've what been a joy. I, I've been continuing to love this this digital series, but this particular issue was really really fun. I wanted to have the uh, old uh, Batman soundtrack running through. I could almost imagine the score playing while I was reading this, or not even reading this book, sort of building this book. I don't. For the listeners who who are not reading these books, um, it's a very progressive. Every time you slide, the picture builds, which you know I've got a little bit of sprain in my thumb now, but it does. It it does. It's sort of a. It's an interactive comic, but you're, you're sort of moving the frame around, and the 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 vocal bu- the bubbles come up as you swipe, and it builds and builds. And at first, it's kind of like whatever, but you realize then you're in the you're controlling the pace of the story, and there's a whole fight sequence with the with the sound effects and everything happening, and it and it really is fun because I I ended up swiping faster during some parts of the story, slower during other parts of the story. So I felt it was very it was very interactive, and I hate using that term, but it was a, re- a really fun way to read a comic, and which surprised me because usually I hate that crap. <laughs> I think it works. For, <laughs> I think specifically it's for this this particular comic. I think the pop sensibility of the story. And, and the tone is great. Yeah. The, the the first page was all a momentous day at the Gotham Museum of Science. You know, you can hear the narrator. You can hear, and, you can hear Neil A. Hearn Jr. Um, and, and then the art is just terrific. It's so fun. It's well, Jeff, great. Par- Jeff Parker has a great handle on this world and these characters, but he has been paired with a series of wonderful artists um, like uh, Coover and, and Joe Canones and... and and Mike already doing covers, and it really does. It's a. It makes for a wonderful story. I, I wonder about licensing because some of the characters look very much like the TV show, and other ones like like Gordon and Alfred and O'Hara never look anything like the TV. Yeah. Show. And I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if that's a licensing issue. I know that um, that uh, Yvonne Craig, who was uh, who played Batgirl, just l- recently signed a deal to to be part of this licensing thing. So I wonder if that's why this fit, she finally came and why she she looks like. The, the movie, the, I don't know. I don't know. Licensing is very complicated, but I, it makes me think when I would read this why some of them are so close and Alfred just does nothing like Alfred. So are these kids, are these for kids? Like they're priced at 99 cents. They're, they're sort of take, they sort of help you throughout the comic in terms of uh, reading it. Is this sort of a kid's line or what? Who is this meant for? I mean, I really Old like Old men it. who know the show. It's for you guys. It's so weird. Why is it so good and so cheap? It's cheap because, because the it's, only people. It's, we'll buy it or old men like you. It's it's a third of the size of a book. I mean, when they put these books together, or it's a half size, they put them two two of the stories into one paper issue. Yeah. So. Well, as far if anybody who's listening hasn't checked this out, I think it's worthwhile. This it, issue particularly. Yeah, I think it's a it's a fun way to look at comics in a different in in a different format. I think it'd be fun. I would I would love to show this to like my nephews and see what they thought of it. Um, but maybe I should wait until a little older. But it's, well, they, it's, a, it's it might, super Yvonne, let them, <laughs> Yvonne Craig might accelerate their sexual maturation, which is what she did for me. Yeah, absolutely. Let them let them, uh, let them uh, experience and become nostalgic about the Batman TV series for about twenty years or so before you show it to them. I think that'll help. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Ooh. that that Parker sort of weaves in. Um, 
elements of the like sort of modern Batman mythos into this '60s world, but makes it make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like in this issue, Batman and Robin were off in Japan fighting uh, De- Lord, Man. Lord Deathman, Lord Deathman, yeah, Man. whatever is that there, character. Is there a lot of side of the building climbing? There's not a lot, but there has been some regular side of the build climbing. Honestly, there's some. There's some for sure. Uh, really fun, really fun. This yeah. is, the, I mean, Jeff Parker is doing. I think he's. I think he's begun his ascendancy in DC with now that he's got Aquaman, but uh, he's doing wonderful work here. He's great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just the thing. Like, I'm not really into this, but I a wish I was, and I'm happy that you guys are. You know, oh. that's that's a different. I'm not like this sucks. Whatever. I, I don't. I have nothing for that TV show. It's fine. But I have no doubt that it's very good. It is. You know? <laughs> so so that's cool. That's fine. Yep. It's not like when someone's like, no, but Fish is a good band. And I'm like, just die. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Kind of Don't care. <laughs> well, I was if, at a if, store the other day and some Fish came on and I was like, oh, I, have to, I have to leave. Just I like, think this is Fish. You, you were, suddenly you were back in college. So if I didn't even know. I could just feel it. I was like, this feels like Fish. Josh, if the shows ever do come <laughs> out on DVD, where can people buy them? We're going to get letters. iFanboy.com, but they won't finish them. iFanboy.com slash Amazon uh, is a very good place for you to help out uh, this podcast uh, because it's nice and easy, and you're going to go to Amazon anyway to buy things. If you wanted to buy fish CDs, you could do that there, and it would be a passive-aggressive way of of showing us what's what. Uh, or, Or... if you're one of those people who are still buying uh, physical media on Blu-ray, then I do. Then, I do too. No, I. I was a pointed comment. <laughs> it was meant to make you both react. My my roommate freshman year in college loved Fish. Gosh, loved it. Strange. Yeah. I've got a very good friend who loves them. And I have nothing against Fish. I have no nothing, problem no, with it. I can't. I literally but can't stand it. It's just like he loved Fish. Yeah, and he played it for me. He's like, hear this part, and I was like, yep. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like the other parts. It's okay. He doesn't want to listen to my punk rock music, and that's fine. Yep. It's fine. Well, he's like, why are they yelling at me? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's very fast, which is what we, we, we like. Can't we all just so uh, ifibo.com slash Amazon. What was the other thing I was going to say? Memberships. That's right. We do have memberships because while it feels like we're just lollygagging and playing around and what could we possibly have to pay for, this shiz be expensive, yo. Mm-hmm. Truly, uh, there are uh, there are at ifanboy.com is slash store. That's oh uh, it's it's on the toolbar. It's on the uh, I don't yeah. Know it's up it at is. the top there. Yeah. Uh, we lowered the prices of what they used to be. So if you feel like contributing, you want to help keep the podcast going, uh, especially just podcasts and all this, um, then you can check into that stuff. It's uh, three bucks a month or thirty bucks a year, um, and that, that's sort of directly contributing to everything that we do here. And it is really important. We very much appreciate it. Um, and uh, and it's necessary. The URL is ifanboy.com slash registration. Wow. We came up with wow, a new thing? Wow. Who picked Jeez. that one? Huh. Ifanboy.com slash registration is where you go to sign up for memberships. So. Not members? Members I mean, would have made more regist- sense. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of typing. Yeah. Registration. Members would have been more. It's more a lot sense. of typing, he says to thousands of people who are like, I think I'm going to spontaneously <laughs> write 800 words on Captain Marvel. <laughs> All right. On my mom's Speaking. Facebook page. Let's move on to. Oh, I lost the script looking for the membership. Captain America, Captain number, America 12, number 12. In which Rick Remender made Captain America cry on wow. multiple pages. Wow. Underneath his mask, even. You'd think the mask would have soaked oh. it up a little bit. I think bit. he cried because he's wearing that mask. All <laughs> I want to see is the letters that Remender gets. Or the tweets. He probably got a lot of tweets. Yeah. Oh. I just looked at it and I just thought. Oh, that's going to be – that's a sweet disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> I'm I want totally a little bit of snot. This. I want Cap a little hit. fine snot coming out too. Cap has been through some shit, uh, no doubt, and, and, he's, and this is his dealing with an issue. And unlike uh, the Batman ones where I was like, I don't care how he feels about Damien. I've seen this. I was like, I want to see what you're going to do with Captain America, and then I want to see what people say about it. I think you know if you're allowed if if a character's allowed to cry and they certainly are it's it's after you spent ten years in a weird dimension raising a kid and the kid is killed and you come back and no one even knew, knew you were gone and and you, you burned all up. your stuff it's it's he's had a hard week just, I wouldn't I I can't believe he burned all that stuff I know that made me that made me frustrated a little bit we but. did that already but you know it comes back he's got a he's got a pile of bills on the little night table oh, where it keeps his keys and no 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 it's only one he was only gone for t- like a second yeah he's gone for I like know, 24 but it's, hours 
Right, but like, just imagine like that dumb, stupid little thing that you were supposed to. I'm gonna call the plumber, and ten <laughs> years go by, and you come back, and you're reminded, I'm gonna call the plumber. Oh, that t- toilet still drips. Damn exactly. <laughs> you're like, well, I stopped God. worrying about that stuff. It's God. just every dumb thing about your life, right. you know, comes back around. And listen, I was street cleaning tomorrow morning. God damn it! He's not <laughs> calling anybody. <laughs> He's doing it themselves. He is. He is in Brooklyn, so that would be an issue. Uh, yeah, like it's on Monday. I except oh. it was ten years ago. <laughs> I got a ticket. I was gone ten years. Also, I left and I had a really cool outfit, and I came back to this. It's so tight, and it makes me cry. This helmet. Oh, look at this helmet. That's what it is. That's just that's, that's what, what he's crying. Very about. tight. Tight. I look like an idiot. He cries because he knows that Falcon's judging him as they fly through this. Yeah, well, got my Falcon got a take. Falcon did that little look. Look at it. I can't believe I'm watching him cry. Look, <laughs> page 12. That'll live in infamy. Uh, I, I didn't have a problem with the crying. I just, I mean. Oh, I, I totally don't. I just wanted it's to. It's funny. I think it's, it's just fun. To, it's, it's sad that we are talking about it so much. But So Batman, um, Batman 24 is the return to the Zero Year story after the jaunt into uh, Forever Evil. And yeah, what's that all about? It, it really, I mean, it's only been a month, and I, I don't necessarily have a problem with experimentation, but it really did hurt the momentum of this. Oh, it, it, and it sort of ruined the sort of the magic of sort of what he had set things up for in the previous issue with kind of like, it, the, that was the last time I was on the show, was we're going to go to the, you know, we're going to build a Batcave, yeah. the whole illumination stuff. And uh, it just seemed like it went off a bit. I It... it it didn't. It wasn't. It didn't reward the month off. I guess I'm trying to. It sucks because kind of it's out of you know it's out of their hands and there's not much you can do about the fact that it's that's what's happened. I think the reward is that we got to. We're gonna do a villains month. We got a triple sized issue out of it. Um, it was funny because the discussion beforehand has been is the leader of the Red Hood gang the Joker and everyone's like no no that can't, he can't be the Joker but then as I was reading this I was like well he has to be the Joker. I mean, that's the story. He's no, but but he's but it's not right because he's yeah, so if, at the very least it's a red herring, right? Because with a red hooded, red hooded herring. To, I mean, they're often I mean, supposed to be like this guy's the Joker. Well, did I misread it? Because I thought I saw some. I thought I saw the Joker looking and watching from the from the shadows uh, during the fight sequence. Really? I don't, did I misread I don't, that? I didn't see the Joker anywhere. Yeah, I mean, he, knocks, he knocks the leader into the vat of chemicals at Ace Chemicals, so I figured. I feel like, I feel like he's playing with us. I feel like it's too obvious. It's going to be a thing. No, I don't it's, think that is the Joker. It's going to be connected to the Joker, but it's not going to be that. Well, even point. if it is, I don't have a problem with my, my point is I don't have a problem with the obviousness of it because yeah, page that's thirty-five. The, that's the origin, you know. Well, page thirty-five, page 35. is where you you see the reflection. Uh, you know, every so often he does this from within the view of the mask, and it gets kind of confusing. But when you see oh, right. it's the panel where it says it's the bat, and there's a reflection off the one of the red. Yeah, that was a weird heads. drawing that I had a problem figuring out what. So I, was I thought that was when he says hello there. I thought that was the soon-to-be Joker, who was just one of the henchmen. I didn't think that it was the guy in the hood because why would he say hello there that like, as it's be an interesting... the first time? Interesting thing, making the Joker just one of the henchmen is who sort of that's what I thought it was with the bat, but but then wait wait, wait what page are we on? Because I'm on thirty five. Page thirty five. Yeah. Page thirty five digitally. Yes. Yeah. It's where it says it's the bat. Oh, digitally. I don't know. I'm looking at a PDF. What's happening on the page? Uh, it's it's, it's where Batman's landing into the uh, he's landing into the group of of Red Hood henchmen and um and uh it's saying it's the bat. Yeah. And then on the okay. left-hand side of the panel, you see this reflection of a guy with a pointy nose. And then the bottom part of the page, you see the green eyes saying, hello there. Um, oh. And then, like, right. for, so, 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 and so then I assumed, oh, that's kind of cool. The Joker is sort of the side character. But then I feel like they just kind of like, oh, well, we're never going to know who that red, the guy in the red hood was. Oh, well. Oh, well. And then I was like, well, that's kind of your that, – that was Snyder is so good at those kinds of reveals where he finds the, the truly sinister. The, his villains seem to be more nuanced than just a faceless uh, creep who likes to make bad things happen. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it'll come back. Something will happen later. But I just felt um, we not only did lose a little bit of steam from the month uh, passing, but the end of it was kind of disappointing and which maybe that's kind of the whole thing maybe some things you never find out and that's just the way life is little Susie but um 
but you know, it was triple size. It was it was fun to read. I just I, I, just, you, I also for, had a hard time figuring out who was who. I don't know what was going on with me while I was reading this. For a triple size comic, it went by. It went pretty swift. I don't think I even realized how big it was. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a good thing. I mean, I wasn't yeah. like, come on, get on. I kind of like I kind of like his buzz cut. I gotta say, his, his military weird. his military style flat top. Um, yeah. it makes sense. Like he would sort of he sort of t- looking at this his military way. Uh, although he did he hold a press conference with a face full of scars, but that was. I think, what happened to Bruce Wayne? He's apparently in a fight club. That guy parties hard. Um, Josh, Astro City number five. Well, you can't win them all. <laughs> what a strange book that was. Like, I felt like I, I felt kind of dumb reading it. Like, that was okay to feel that way, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, if you yeah. read, if you read the, the letters page in the back, he says that he's basically setting up a bunch of future storylines in this issue, and that all the stuff he sort of touches upon is going to happen like you know sort of start to happen and it's gonna come together but in the meantime <laughs> it's like it's like I can't do that you know these little things you keep showing are kind of interesting <laughs> this other guy needs to stop yeah i don't like it needs to not be on half of the pages and we need the to forget it ever happened the broken man or whatever his name the, is the, the fake sandman whatever yeah. it is that guy i feel like he's date dazzler and he's just really angry about it like he seems like one of those X-Men that somebody else knows a lot about that I don't know about because he's got blue hair and sort of the new wave haircut. So is he like the new host? I, well, he showed up in the first issue sort of introducing the story and then you haven't seen him since, I don't think. And then he showed up here and he was our least favorite part of the first issue. And uh, I'd forgotten about it and it came back and I was like, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't. I, yeah, let's move on. That's yeah. Wow. That wow. Um, Federal Bureau of Physics number four is the is the new most promising series I had read from Vertigo in a while, and I I I, I want to like it. And what, I what made it promising? And why don't you? So why don't? I like the art. I like the color. I like the I like the idea of it. But they went into this bubble world and I don't really understand the rules or the point and I don't know who the people are or what the Is like, there a blue haired new wave guy in it? No. I mean I that's a that's a plus. That what, so what is the, what is the what is the premise of the book? I I don't know. I've lost it. <laughs> it's it's basically okay, uh, imagine if it's chew, but the problem isn't chicken. The problem is uh, physics are going nuts everywhere. So there's a bureau for the for physics. Right. And they're science based officers and they go in and they, they, they fix these problems with, with wormholes and whatnot and alternate universes and things like that. Um, and it's really easy to let that get away from you, and I think they're letting it get away from them because I've lost the thread. It's a great do they, ha- do they have someone? Do they have someone who knows anything about physics writing it? I don't know. I don't know anything about physics, so you can put one over on me the whole time, and I won't know. <laughs> that um, seems like a dangerous What I do territory. know is that I was really excited about this because it's Simon Oliver, and I absolutely loved The Exterminators. I was a huge fan of that oh, book, yeah, that's a good book all the way through, and I, w- I want more of that. And so that's why I keep reading. Any other book I'd have stopped by now because I just – I've lost the thread of it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read like two more and see what happens. Um, that's, that's where I am on this, on the, on the new Vertigo books. And, and other than that uh, – Would you recommend people pick it – like – Check out the series, or yet. wait till the no. trade. I, I'm going to try to get through the first arc and, and hope it makes a turnaround. At which point, I will say yes or no. You should, you should, or shouldn't read this. But I, I can't really give it a, I can't really give it a thing right now. I want to, but I have no idea what's going on, and I kind of don't care. I just can't give it a thing. Well, at the same time, like there was a new. I, I, this is sort of off, but uh, there's a new, uh, new another series from uh, from Vertigo Coffin Hill, which is like a supernatural cop massachusetts story I, I, and, and it's i don't know wow. you know what it felt like, like, I was like this, 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 <laughs> this you know what this feels like a, this feels like a shitty shadow line book i don't want to read <laughs> that's what it felt like mm-hmm. and and that's kind of what like it's flipped like it used to be like this oh this is like an image book or this is like a vertigo book it's not this is not good it's not bad it's just yeah it's Star like Wars to... number 10. Let's move on. Back. <laughs> they're um, trying to make movies and TV shows. Well, so. that's what every comic is trying to do. I, yeah, I, but... I, I really feel like the last couple issues with the return of Carlos Deanda on art has, has, has turned the book around um, 
from the surprising strange misstep that was Ryan Kelly on art, which I was really excited for, but didn't. That's a, that's a, a misstep that fell down the stairs and cracked his head open. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, he's a great artist, but he didn't work. He's for amazing. This, he didn't work for this book, but I think Carlos Dan does. He's the pick of the week artist. God damn it. He's um, a really good. Artist. He's a great artist. Just for this book. I think Carlos Dan does aliens, his technology, his spaceships. Um, I, I mean, I think they really work, and his characters are not on like actor model, but they're on model in terms of you never know, you never have a problem knowing who you're looking at. Uh, and, and, just, and also, I, the, the the dialogue is is just spot perfect. Um, I had the. It was great that you guys picked this to read because I was able to read uh, three through ten last night, which took a while, but it just made me again really appreciate uh, Woods' take on all this and just how thoughtful he's figured out how to make stories that are that fit within the tone that are really legitimately thrilling to read and uh, make you really appreciate just how. I hate using the word special, but I'll say special that first film was and really celebrates everything that's good about these characters. Obviously, if anybody's reading this, they know how good this is, but this is a good return to form for the book. I'd say as a, as a Star Wars fan slash writer, if somebody was like, I want to tell the story of Luke and Wedge trying to escape the Death Star on a TIE fighter, I'd be like, well, all right. <laughs> yeah, sign me up. Cool. It, it really was. It's. I mean, I think I think I love Leia's story. Um, yeah, I love. Cool. I mean, the best story's been the Luke Wedge. <laughs> you know, you know was the the one part that didn't ring true for me at all what? was Mon Mothma like, get out of the way, giving CPR. It's like <laughs> she, I don't buy it. She's so she's like Galadriel. <laughs> I don't buy it. I think it's really cool how he's the uh, how he's separated the characters. That was always the real yeah. good trick that he did with Empire Strikes Back. And like, you you that's the great tension in these films. You love them when they're all together. So what you do as a writer, you make sure that they're never all together. So those those moments when they are all together are, are that much more effective. Um, so it's uh, it's fun to see a lot of more personality. I thought the whole Alderaan sort of guilt thing was really really cool. Um, I like, it's great. I like the, it's, I like the um, origin of the Rogue Squadron. Yeah, and that they didn't they didn't like to be called Stealth Squadron, so they read themselves for Rogue Squadron. And oh, I'm sorry, Wedge did it because Wedge is awesome. Yeah, wanted one more shot of Vader's portraiture. <laughs> um, I was I was fingers crossed the whole time. <laughs> he just likes to stare off into space. He has a lot of angst. He's thoughtful. Um, but this is this is I thought uh, I mean I'm loving, loving this book. You know, straight through. No I, overexposure. I thought, I thought the, <laughs> the last two issues have been really f- pretty fantastic. Um, and too bad what? for Luke. He's, his new hot girlfriend has been killed. So that's too bad for him. Um, so those are the books of the week we're going to talk about. Um, we, before we get to the audience questions, this was near Comic-Con weekend. And as, as always with Comic-Cons, there's usually a lot of news to talk about. So we wanted to really quickly run down some of the new announcements that went out and sort of get our quick take on whether or not we are interested or not. Is she really dead? I'm. She's dead. Sad. Oh man. She, well, first of all, she's got to be dead because she's not in the movies. Um, you there's a lot of time in between. All right, let's talk about NYCC. Oh, she I goes to do the CPR and she says we... blast, and then she's she's clearly dead. She couldn't revive her because Mon Mothma. Has so neither of you left. accidentally tweeted how great NYCC was. Can't stand the awesome. I remember I remember seeing one of those tweets <laughs> from somebody NYCC. I knew, and I was like, that's a weird thing for them to tweet. Like that's really out of character, and then and I realized why because it was a it was a robot doing it. Anyway, um, that's so Im- the big news. Image Comics only had one announcement, which they actually did right before the con, but they're still counting it as a con announcement. And that's Robert Kirkman's new ongoing series, Outcast, with artist Paul Azaceta, and and as with all of Kirkman's books now, it's it's a book, it's a story already being developed as a TV series. But uh, this is his first ongoing. To be fair, no, no matter what he did with the comics, it, with the, with a comic book, somebody would be developed. But like, sure. it's not even his fault. No, no, no. And I'm, I'm just saying that's it, it's already. I developed this as a comic book. They just they come over. I don't know. <laughs> they just hand me a sack of money and I give them the. Um, throw with the others. So this is his first <laughs> ongoing horror series uh, since Walking Dead, and it's about exorcism and demonic possession. And uh, so, and Paul Plaza said is a really great artist. So are we interested yeah. or not interested in this book? Yeah, that's the yes or no. I, I, yes, it's going to exist. No, are you interested or not interested? In oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it sounds cool. No, <laughs> okay. he finds things that have threatened him his whole life also threaten the entire world. These are big stakes, I, I guess. Yeah. And his name is Kyle. I like Kyle. It doesn't doesn't sound all that different from Haunted. 
Haunt. I think I read one issue of Haunt, so I don't know. Yeah. I will check it out. I mean, yeah. it's a demonic possession. I don't know. I don't know. I, no. You're not a horror guy, so I can see why you wouldn't be interested in it. That's not my thing. Uh, but you will be interested, I'm assuming, in Dark Horse's announcement, which was that Greg Rucka is doing a five-issue miniseries, which is his first Dark Horse work, called Veil, with artist Tony Fajusa. Fajusa. The problem is these red lines under my script make me make it harder to read. That's my excuse. Fajula. Uh, Fajula. A, a beautiful girl wakes up in an abandoned subway station with no memory of how she got there. <laughs> I've been there. When men try to hurt her, they wind up dead. Where did she come from and what is she capable of? Huh. Josh, interested? I mean, I'll read it. That you love Greg a, Rucka. I know. I will. That's not a great log line. Well, yeah. that's just off-the-cuff description of it. I don't know if that's... I know. I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm going to read it. It's a, it's a Greg Rucka book. It's going to be great. I don't know who Tony Pajol is, but uh, <laughs> it sounds like a pasta. Tony Pajol, I mean, hey. This is crazy. He apparently has a female protagonist. Oh, stop. He's my favorite comic book writer. I can make jokes. All right, DC Comics. By the way, yeah. Lazarus Trade was out. You guys remember what I said, right? Everyone listening out there. Lazarus. If this, if this book gets canceled. It'll come back <laughs> again. Like, <laughs> no, one, no, one's, no one's seen anything like this since General Sherman. You know what I'm saying? You're going to pull a Jay and Silent Bob. All right. DC Comics' um, big announcement. Oh, my God. Is the uh, new weekly ongoing series, Batman Eternal. Weekly? Which, weekly. Which is being showrun by Scott Snyder, uh, as they like to say, and written by James Tiddy in the fourth, John Lehman, Ray Fox, and Tim Seeley. And it says the art's by Jason Fabook, but... That guy's going to be tired. His hand's going to gonna fall off. <laughs> He's not going to do it weekly. Um, I don't have fingerprints anymore. <laughs> So DC is going back to the weekly book well, which was so successful for them, at least 52. Um, and the, the word is this is a, but the first of many weekly books that are coming from DC. So, and, and Snyder's saying, it's a place for me to be able to work with good friends in terms of shaping Gotham in a bigger, grander, and more game-changing way than ever before. We want this to be a place where you get to tell a story about anything you want in Gotham, so long as we're moving this big story forward in the background. I like the idea that it's a place where they can sort of, you know, pick at the corners of Gotham and and, and to, then call it Gotham's Gotham City. It's or a something. weird. It's a weird name. Eternal. It's a weird name, but uh, and I, I'm not overly thrilled by the the writers for at least for, I like Tim Seeley a lot and Ray Fox has done some good stuff. John Layman, I love too, but I I didn't really love Detective Detective, Detective Comics run, which is uh, the other announcement was that. Uh, uh, Brian Buccalato and Francis Manipal taking over Detective Comics. Um, so we'll see. That'll be interesting. I will, of course, check out both of these books Batman Eternal and Detective Comics. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot of Batman. A lot of Batman. So now Marvel of- has dumped a whole bunch of new book announcements on us at the con. Um, DC should have done Batman Wonder Woman and just freaked out everyone. That right. would be they, great. They, they're not that far off from that. They should do that. So let's run down this really but quickly. Marvel, we'll Marvel's say, got new books. Yeah, we'll yeah, just yeah. say you know, at the end which ones we're looking forward to. Uh, so in, coming in January 2014 is the all-new X-Factor number one by Peter David and Carmine Gian Delmanico. All-new, same thing. Uh, Avengers World <laughs> number one, co-written by Hickman and Nick Spencer with art by Stefano Caselli. I think that's the new Avengers book. I think they're just renaming it. That's what I get. That's what my, my read on it is. Black Widow number one by Nathan Edmondson and Phil Noto. And then February 2014 comes Loki Agent of Asgard by Al Ewing and Lee Garbett. Punisher number one by the activity creative team of Nathan Edmondson and Mitch Gerrards. New Warriors number one by Dan Slott and Giuseppe Kevin Coley. In March 2014, we have Avengers Undercover by Dennis Hopeless and Kev Walker, which is the new volume of Avengers Arena. That is the coolest last name ever. Dennis Hopeless? Yeah. Iron ah. Patriot, number one by Alice Cott and Gary Brown. Silver Surfer, mm. number one by Dan Slott and Mike Allred. Wow. Uh, Four, number one by James Robinson and Leonard Kirk. All New Ghost Rider, number one by Felipe Smith and Trad Moore. <sighs> Captain Marvel, number one by Kelly Sue DeConnick and David Lopez, which is just renumbering of that book. And Electra, number one by Zeb Wells and Mike Del Mundo. Um, there's a couple, of things here. a couple of things here. One, I think, <laughs> uh, what we've heard over the years is that Marvel's moving toward, and this is not, I don't think they'll ever officially say this, but they're moving towards the sort of volume. Yeah. And every and every time a new story starts or a new character, new creative team starts, they're renumbering it and doing a new volume. Uh, so like kind of the TV series model, the Hellboy model, however you want to call it. So you'll see that here in like Fantastic Four and and uh, Avengers Undercover and Captain Marvel and Avengers World. So that's one. Two. I think there's a lot of interesting names here. I think guys like Trad Moore on a book is I interesting. Called that. Mike Allred doing Silver Surfer is really interesting. That's gonna be nice. Um, 
you know, taking the creative team of Activity, who are it was a military book, and putting them on the Punisher makes a lot of sense. Uh, and, then, and the same thing with Black Widow for Nathan Edmondson. Like, yeah. if, if he makes that a military, she's a soldier book. And by the way, Phil Noto. I mean, I think that's the one that's actually that's out of all of these probably the most exciting. I want to. I don't love Edmondson's work, but I like it enough, and I really like both of the artists that he's working with. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. I think there's some interesting books here. Um, yep. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of retreads, but there's also a lot of there's a couple of standouts. But I think more from Dennis Hopeless and Kev Walker. We'll take that. I'm, uh, I'm interested in James Robinson's Fantastic Four. Yeah. So he he seems like a, like like he could be a good fit for that. Yeah. It's uh, funny. It's funny that fan. they keep trying with stuff with Ghost Rider. I mean, it always seems like they're always trying to relaunch that. That book. character has a big audience. You know, yeah. they made two of those so. movies. Plus, they, I don't, have, I don't, they have to they have to keep the copyright going. I don't want to yeah. read. I don't want to read a Ghost Rider book at all. No, I, I Jason Aaron did it. I didn't. Re- I tried to read. That I was really a great care. book, but Trad Moore is is you know he's great. I, I, Marvel more than more than certainly more than DC will put guys on books who are very non traditional, which I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and is Avengers Trad is a great artist. Avengers World about running an amusement park <laughs> yes. based on yeah. Marvel properties. Here's, here's the thing: you're gonna have to read it for three years before you have any idea what it's about. <laughs> Um, so there you go. Those are the big announcements from New York Comic Con huh. that managed to make its way out of that super packed building over by the East, uh, the Hudson River. So mm-hmm. uh, mm. I'm not there. It's uh, there's some good things coming. I think. I, I think. I think Marvel continues to do interest, really interesting yeah. work. Yeah, this is great. We rambled on too long, so we got to skip the audience Sorry. questions. Okay, it's fine. So let's go right. right to the end. All right. We have no. We have no. Uh, no we want. <laughs> um. I know that I have some plugs. Now you can tell me if there's anything else coming up that I don't know about. But uh, this week coming up, I'm going to be back on the Star Wars Minute. We're doing minutes uh, 96 through 100. Uh, Which minutes are? Yeah, well, the the first minute includes I Care, which is my most quoted Star Wars line of all time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the second to last, the last minute includes Marv Tarkin's uh, eye roll at Darth Vader. Which is my favorite moment in Star Wars. So, uh, those are some good minutes. And you were on and the jo- you were on the geek dirt nerd. nor nor geek dirt dirt nor <laughs> nor nerd yeah, geek dork. I couldn't the, even get those words out. That's how much it hurts me the, to say the, the name. I was on the Dirk Nord show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nerd geek dork. We did. Uh, I was invited. Uh, Pete the Retailer, who who does Star Wars Minute, who I find extremely funny. Um, there's another show uh, where they take a pop culture subject and they invited me to come on and talk about Jaws. And uh, in, to quote what I've heard about it, I dominated the conversation. I, I saw that com- I saw that commentary. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Ooh, I'm a jerk. <laughs> so um, just to back up for a second, the Brad Meltzer story is – there was another announcement that was that Detective Comics 27. They're going to do a special huge issue. And it's going to be, you know, like a anthology of, of a bunch of high-profile creators. So, like, there's a Brad Meltzer, Brian Hitch story, which is the origin. Uh, oh, that's the one, yeah. There's a Scott Snyder, um, uh, Sean Murphy story. There's a Paul Dini story. There's a Frank Miller story. There's a Neil Adams story. So it's going to be a pretty big uh, big deal. So that's where that's going to be. There you go. Boy, they got, they got Neil Adams back strong. Yeah. Like, whenever they got something, Neil, yeah, you got, you got it. Did I tell you about the time? Just, listen, just... <laughs> Draw the story, and what the heck's wrong with their teeth? What do you mean? <laughs> I want more teeth. So where I've lost the script. Um, I've got nothing to plug. Mike, you got any plugging to plug? Uh, um, no. <laughs> so, Connor, where can they go? Uh, you go to ifanboy.com to comment on this show, to see our other podcasts, and comment on those, and find all the fun stuff that's being talked about underneath those shows. Um, sometimes people yelling at us, sometimes people helping. There's lots of great. Actually, we should mention lots of great suggestions for fantasy comics in the comments for last week's episode uh, which was good everyone for fancy comics fancy fantasy comics fantasy, fantasy. i like fancy they smell, comics. they smell of powder so fancy <laughs> they're, they're trimmed in purple velvet <laughs> they smell fancy of comics. yeah it's like in the old in the old victorian era when they open the letter up and they go ooh. yeah that should be it batman fancy lady heatherton wrote um, <laughs> go to twitter.com slash ifanboy facebook.com slash ifanboy not only to find out when things are, new things are posted but also to find out what the pick is so that you can read along at home uh, with this book you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com eventually we'll have time to get to those questions uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 888fanboys which is 326-2697 um, if you want to get something on the show just remember to say who you are 
keep it brief, uh, get to the point. We're not really so into manifestos, not so much. <laughs> um, but if you have a good question, uh, we will play it. And if you dig us, uh, write us a review on iTunes. Or better yet, tell your friends about us. Introduce your mom to podcasts. Spread the iFanboy word. Mike, do your parents listen to your podcast appearances? My parents don't even pick up the phone when I call, okay? <laughs> so... Well, they know I'll, you're going to be complaining about Superman and Lois Lane. <laughs> Look, I mean, I really had deep, deep concerns about the whole thing. But, yeah, you're right. That's why they don't. Um, so there you go. Yeah. No, they, they'd, they'd be interested. Maybe. Okay. Well, <laughs> until next week, I'm Connor. I'm Mike. This car is getting hot. <laughs> hot. Is it hot. Is it fancy? My car? Yeah. I don't know. It's like the mid-model. It's good. It's a fancy. You know, there's like the base model and then the, the mid model oh and there's the, like the limited oh. model. I don't oh, have the nothing, limit. Nothing's changed. <laughs> really. I don't have the, it's not like I got the in-dash GPS or anything. I'm not a Rockefeller over here. <laughs> Say bye-bye. You got Bluetooth. Bye. Bye. Anybody in the audience ever get hit by a car? No more, no less. <laughs> oh,